Fantasy Sports Radio Network. News update. News and notes from around Major League Baseball. Dodgers manager Dave Roberts said Kenley Jansen should be available on Thursday against the Phillies. Jansen did suffer a bruised right ankle when he got struck by a comebacker in the ninth inning Tuesday night against Philadelphia. Blue Jays manager Charlie Montoya confirmed Thursday that Ryan Baraki his next start in the majors that'll either be sunday in detroit or monday at home against the indians gene segura is back in the phillies lineup on thursday good news as he's been out with a heel issue the past two starts and in the nba check diallo has agreed to a two-year deal with the suns the pelicans didn't pick up the qualifying offer and reggie bullock is going to miss some time to start the 2019-2020 season the new knicks guard had surgery on his back the team said they'll have their medical staff update reporters later this summer i'm Dan Strafford, and this has been your Fantasy Sports Radio Network News Update. Stay tuned to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for more updates at the top of every hour. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. At the window. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. And go to the window. Open it and stick your head out and yell. Welcome to At The Window here on the Fantasy Sports Network. I am Sean Guastamacchia. Thank you for tuning in on a muggy afternoon here in Midtown Manhattan in New York City. Studio 34, the lovely Versa restaurant to my left. You right straight in front of me. I, I, I got to start. I mean, this love that Frank Stanfield has for Josh Allen Drives me nuts. Drives me insane. As a Buffalo Bills fan, I try to be objective, right? I try to look at it clearly, not with my heart, with my head. Was not a fan of the Josh Allen pick, seventh overall in the 2018 NFL draft. Didn't like it. Wanted them to pick Josh Rosen. And you, you, everyone's going to be like, oh, see, look, look at that. You're wrong right away. No, no. The jury is still out on Rosen, and the jury is still out on Josh Allen. So we don't know that. To be fair, we do not know uh, – if the Bills made a mistake just yet. One season, you, you can't make too much either way of just one NFL season. Allen did a lot of good things, mainly running the football, which he wasn't drafted to do. He's a quarterback. I, I don't want my quarterback running six, for 630 yards uh, like Josh Allen did last season. I want him to throw the football. He has a cannon for an arm. I want him to use that. That's his main weapon, not his legs. So that's one thing. But here's some stats, because Frank got, got me on this. And I, I understand it's a fantasy perspective. That's what Frank was going for. It's a fantasy perspective. And looking at the Bills, their win total, FanDuel Sportsbook, six and a half. Six and a half. So then we're going to look at that right after these stats, and I'll lay them out there for you. Yahoo Sports did a great job with their NFL preview. Preview to Buffalo Bills. Here's some stats, some ominous stats uh, via um, Yahoo Sports' Josh Allen. He ranked... 35th among NFL quarterbacks in player profiles accuracy rating, 22nd in play action completion percentage, 47th in red zone completion percentage, 33rd in deep ball completion percentage, 34th in completion percentage when pressured, and this is via pro football focus. Allen was the last among qualified NFL, that's qualified NFL quarterbacks, with a 62.1 adjusted completion percentage, which accounts for things like drops, throwaways, and when a quarterback is hit as he throws. And there's a couple of other stats, but I don't want to bore you with stats. The dude needs a lot of work, all right? His accuracy, which uh, was a question mark coming from Wyoming, where he was a 50% he 
completion percentage passer at Wyoming, of all places. That was the big knock on Allen coming out. He still, that's still his knock. He still needs to um, improve that area for the Buffalo Bills to go where Sean McDermott and the, the Bacoolers and the Buffalo Bills Mafia want them to go, and that's ultimately to win a Super Bowl, right? They'll take going back to the playoffs. Here's the question. As, um, as much as Allen struggles with his accuracy, there's enough talent surrounding Allen. Good defense, which should get even better this year with uh, Tremaine Edmonds in the middle, his second year, youngest linebacker in the NFL, youngest player in the NFL last season. He has a, another year of season. You know, it's his rookie year, he's, he's passed that. Virginia Tech, he went to college. Ed Oliver, they drafted. You still have Jerry Hughes there. Um, Trent Murphy, I don't know how much of a fan you are of him. I'm a big fan of Trent Murphy. Missed some time last year, but I think he'll do a great job at the very least setting the edge and playing the run for the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills, they have defensive talent. All right. Now, offensively, Cole Beasley, John Brown, Robert Foster, Zay Jones. There's enough there. LaShawn McCoy, what is he going to bring to the table? I don't, want, I don't want to get into a whole Bills breakdown, but there's enough talent there. Six and a half wins, even with Josh Allen, and Allen needs to prove a lot. Right now, if it's, it's, it's um, Sam Donald versus Josh Allen, I'm taking Sam Donald every day and twice on Sunday. Sam Donald showed me last season as a rookie that he could be top quarterback in the NFL for a five-week stretch. And Jeff Schwartz, follow him on Twitter, for, former uh, NFL offensive lineman, does a lot of work uh, for Sirius XM NFL Radio, tweeted out, for a five-week stretch during the season last year, Sam Donald was amongst the top quarterbacks in the league. Now, it only lasted for five weeks. Granted, he had growing pains. He threw a lot of interceptions, yeah, right? It wasn't all rosy, right? But right now, if I'm a Jets fan, I'm really comfortable with Sam Darnold and where he's going in year two. Now, Allen, as a Bills fan, makes me nervous because I don't think you can improve your accuracy in the NFL. You can't. You, you're either an accurate quarterback or you're not. Troy Aikman is notorious for doubling down and saying this when, when Josh Allen was drafted. And I always quote Troy Aikman, an NFL Hall of Fame quarterback. You can't teach accuracy. That's a concern. But you can still win at the quarterback position and not be a Great uh, thrower of the football. He can still win, all right? The league has changed so much from back in the day. But the Bills, six and a half win total. Look at it. They have an easy schedule. They play the Dolphins twice, as we all know. The Jets, uh, they'll be better with Le'Veon Bell and, and adding all the weapons, uh, Mosley in the middle. They'll be better, similarly. But the Bills got a put them down for a one win. They play the Bengals in the regular season. They play the Titans in the regular season. This is a Buffalo Bills schedule. They play the Redskins, the New York football Giants, the Denver Broncos. Those are all wins right there. They have a very favorable schedule going into the season, at the very least, to win seven games. That's why bet the over, six and a half on FanDuel Sportsbook for the Buffalo Bills all day. Uh, That they will do. But as far as making the playoffs, that's a different story, and that's... Something I'll take a deeper look at. Not ready to make my predictions yet on playoff teams in the AFC and the NFC. But since Frank, and he does a great job on BFFs, was talking about the fantasy aspect of Josh Allen. And he does bring more value as a fantasy football player with with his ability to run. But as a fan of the Buffalo Bills, he needs to 
improve his accuracy for Buffalo to go to the next level. And the next level is winning a playoff game. The Buffalo Bills have not won a playoff game since 1995. That's easy to believe because they only made the playoffs once in the last 18 seasons. So uh, that's the Buffalo Bills for you, though. Uh, how do you get that off my chest? Just underway here on At The Window, Kevin McGuire, college football talk on NBCSports.com, will join me. That is coming up a little bit later. Next, we'll look at the Big Ten Media Days and the SEC Media Days. That's next here on At The Window on the Fantasy Sports Network. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. I am Sean Guasamacchia. Thank you for tuning in here on the Fantasy Sports Network on At The Window. I don't know, it's like 90 degrees in the studio right now. I mean, there's not much air. Um, But I'm still drinking a hot beverage, coffee. Um, I don't know what it is. I can't get into, like, iced coffee. I I try to. Uh, I know it's it's all the rage in the summer. People drinking it and and what have you. But I don't know. I just, whenever I go, I'm a big fan of, of just... Hot coffee and it's just making it's boiling. I'm boiling right uh, right now. It's, it's really warm in here as it is, and drinking the coffee doesn't help. But hey, hey, Chris Ventra, who's uh, downstairs today, uh, can't join us. He's doing some uh, double duty down there. Um, you a fan of iced coffee? Is that Andy? All right, is that Andy? Oh, all right. So you're not. So in the summer, you just go iced coffee, right? You, you don't go with the hot. You do really. I don't know. There's something about like just the, the um, temperature, like the the warmness of the coffee. It just soothes me. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm just addicted to that. Like as much as I am the, the coffee uh, taste. You know? Um, I guess it's just they never put enough in there, right? It's all ice. It, it, I don't know. Then, then if you, you know you don't drink it fast enough, it just gets watered down and it dilutes the, the coffee. You know? I don't know. I, don't, I didn't hear what he said. I I, I got you, Andy. All right. Uh, oh, well, we'll get Ventra later on. He'll he'll join us and we'll talk. Uh, thanks, Andy. Though uh, I guess iced coffee lover, Andy. We'll we'll uh, go with that. But um, anyway, uh, it's really muggy in the studio. The air conditioning is on, but. Doesn't do much uh, here. Uh, it's a big studio to call off. Um, outside, um, muggy out. Humidity's coming. It's going to be like 100 on Saturday. So have to be uh, careful not to be out in the sun too long. I burn, man. I burn up. Got to put on some sunblock or, a, you know, uh, real quickly I'll, I'll burn. But Big Ten Media Days in Chicago. Love that it's in Chicago. That's where it always should be. Chicago should be the headquarters of the Big Ten. And they don't have an official poll. The, the Big Ten doesn't officially um, have a, a preseason poll for teams and, and pick winners and, and such like that, or predict winners. 
But Cleveland.com, they do it. They've been doing it for nine years. And it's out. Uh, 34 media members of the, who cover the Big Ten voted on who they think will win the Eastern Division and the Western Division in the Big Ten. And the winner of the East, Michigan over Ohio State, surprisingly. Ryan Day, first year down there in Columbus. I guess not too surprising. New quarterback in Justin Fields. In the West, you have Nebraska. Now, they got 14 first-place votes along with Iowa. Iowa's second, but more uh, votes overall. It's really close, but so it's Nebraska, then it's Iowa, then it's Wisconsin in the West. Northwestern won it last year in the West. Of course, you know Ohio State um, in the East. And here's the problem. Michigan with Jim Harbaugh, 0-4 against Ohio State. Over the last 15 years, Michigan is 1-14 against Ohio State. Don't, I don't need to remind Michigan fans of that, of that stat, as I'm a Michigan fan myself. Um, and Urban Meyer, he's gone now. He's left. And Jim Harbaugh spoke at Big Ten Meteor Days today, and he took a shot. He took a shot at Urban Meyer, a, a coach he's 0-4 against. And they were blown out 62-39 last year in the finale in the, of the regular season, Jim Harbaugh, based, he said, and I quote, uh, wonderful coach, I'm paraphrasing here, uh, not quoting, uh, wonderful coach, wins wherever he goes, but trouble seems to follow him as well. Come on, Jim. I mean, I can't help himself, but you're 0-4 against Urban Meyer. You're an embarrassment against Ohio State since you've taken over at your alma mater, the Michigan Wolverines. You just shut up. Just let it go. Urban Meyer dominated you. He's gone now. You can never get that back. That is going to be on your record for as long as you coach football, even in the NFL. Whenever they bring up Michigan, they're going to bring up the fact that Jim Harbaugh is 0-4 against Urban Meyer. Unless Urban Meyer comes back and coaches UCLA or USC, which you never know. I mean, Urban Meyer is retired and unretired in the past. But, I just think right now, everything this season is riding on beating Ohio State once again for Michigan. It's been like that ever since Urban Meyer, um, ever since Jim Harbaugh took over the uh, head coaching reins four years ago. But here's, uh, just just let it go. Don't mention it. Don't bring it up. You're not going to win that battle. Because people are just going to, you know, embarrass you with your record of 0-4 and getting killed last year. That being said, I think the, the media members got it right. Michigan should win the East, but I said that last year, too. They should have won it last year and the year before that, too, and they lost to Ohio State. So take it for what that's worth, right? But Shea Patterson's back senior year did not impress me last year. Former big-time recruit, played at Ole Miss, as we all know, and then he was immediately eligible after transferring from Ole Miss, played at Michigan last season, did not do as as good or is, uh, impress enough people with high expectations coming in. but I, I, And I'm not a big fan of his arm strength. He's smaller than I thought, not as athletic as I thought. Really leaves a lot to be desired. However, he's talented, and now he's going to play in a system that's catered to his strengths. Josh Gaddis, OC, now for the Michigan Wolverines, calling the plays. Jim Harbaugh is not even calling plays anymore. I mean, that's really sad. I mean, just to let you know of how much he's fallen. His star has faded there 
in in terms of the college coaching ranks with not doing what he was expected to do, and that's win the Big Ten and go to the college football playoff. This is year five now for Jim Harbaugh. Not calling plays anymore. That was his calling card when he came into uh, Ann Arbor, when he took over the uh, Michigan Wolverines. It's Josh Gaddis now, who was the co-offensive coordinator at Alabama last year. So he's going to bring that style of, of offense where it's going to put uh, Jay Patterson more on the move, more RPOs. They have terrific wide receiver. Tariq Black, so terrific wide receiver if he can stay healthy. Donovan Peoples-Jones, five-star recruit from Detroit, didn't live up to the billing. Improved greatly in his sophomore year, so he's there as well. And um, Nico Collins, their best receiver, should be a first-round pick, late first-round pick, early second-round pick in the NFL draft if he comes out from Alabama, ironically enough. He is their best receiver. All, all bigger guys, right, don't really fit the Jerry Judy model, if you will, that Alabama has there in, uh, uh, in the offense that they ran in Tuscaloosa last season. But that being said... This offense should fly. It, it, they have a returning starters, nine returning starters on offense. So they got it right. I like it. Michigan Wolverines, and we'll look at the FanDuel Sportsbook and, and their betting odds. But the Michigan Wolverines, five starters only on, on Don Brown's defense returning. But they, they rotate a lot of players. A lot of players got um, experience last season defensively. I wouldn't be too worried about the starters that they've lost. Rashawn Gary, we all know, overhyped, didn't really live up to the billing. He was a starter. He's gone. They're okay. They're a little thin defensively on the defensive line. They're thin, um, but they, they have plenty of talent there um, in Ann Arbor. They should be fine, especially with uh, Don Brown calling uh, the defense. Now, let's go to Nebraska. Nebraska, 0-6, they started off. Scott Frost's first year in Lincoln. Back, his alma mater, taking over the reins there. They finished 4-8. and They were 0-6 to start. Adrian Martinez. Freshman quarterback. He is the recruit. He is the guy that Scott Frost picked to run his offense there. He's in year two now. You should see a great improvement from Nebraska. And they have a favorable schedule as well in the Big Ten. That should help as well. But Adrian Martinez should fly. He, he did pretty pretty good. He's, he's a dual-threat quarterback, likes to run. You know how Scott Frost likes his quarterbacks. Year two in Nebraska. I like it. Iowa is another one. Nathan Stanley should be an NFL quarterback. He's coming back. They did lose North Fent. T.J. Hawkinson, both of the tight ends in the first round last season. But they didn't win the, uh, the, the Big Ten West last season with, those, with, those, with that talent. So I think they're picked properly there, uh, as second there in, in the West. Wisconsin, a lot of people expect them to take a step back. I do not. I think it's a typical Wisconsin. Jonathan Taylor's back, running, running back. He should... Uh, do what he normally does, put up 1,500-plus rushing yards, and they should be a behemoth. We'll see who they start at quarterback. Alex Hornibrook transferred. He is gone. He's going to be a new uh, center, a new quarterback under center for the Badgers. But they got it right. I like the, uh, Michigan in the east, and I like Nebraska in the west in the Big Ten. We'll talk to Kevin McGuire. College football talk on NBCSports.com. That's next. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. 
Fantasy football season is now upon us, and season-long drafts are in full swing. Roto experts, as you've covered with their NFL 365 fantasy football package, including the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto experts are providing dynasty season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content any day and everywhere you look to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% right now at rotoexperts.com with promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with promo code FNTSY. The NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package only at rotoexperts.com. Welcome back to here to At The Window on the Fantasy Sports Network. I am Sean Guasamacchia. Talking college football, Big Ten media days, and how I think Jim Harbaugh needs to shut his mouth when he's talking about Urban Meyer, especially considering the fact he's 0-4 as head coach of the Michigan Wolverines against Urban Meyer. Am I wrong? And what about the Big Ten this season? Who's going to win the East? Who's going to win the West? Well, uh, Cleveland.com, they took a poll of 34 writers, and they say Michigan in the East, Nebraska in the West. Let's talk to Kevin McGuire now. He does a great job. College football talk on NBCSports.com. Writing about all of this, and and Kevin, what do you make of of their poll in Cleveland.com? Do you like who the writers have picked uh, in the East and in the West is the Michigan Wolverines. Are they the favorites in the Big Ten East, in your opinion? There's a lot of reason to like Michigan this year, but to me it's still going to be Ohio State as the team to beat because there's still a lot of talent there. That Ryan Day is going to be taking over in Columbus. Um, Urban Meyer has recruited so well over the years, and that program is not going to be taking too many steps backwards, I would say, uh, going into the season. So there, are, but there are some legitimate questions because it is a first-time head coach, and you know we'll wait to see if Justin Field can live up to the expectation that he had coming out of high school um, and now arriving in Ohio State. But the reason I think a lot of people are liking Michigan is because they're hopefully going to be spreading out their offense a little bit more. Right. And if you watch Michigan in the last couple of years, that's something that desperately is needed, especially in games against the better teams on their schedule. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, right now, uh, FanDuel Sportsbook, they, they have the Ohio State Buckeyes as the favorite to win the Big Ten at plus 110. Michigan's the second favorite at plus 250. And I, I, I don't know. I could flip them right there. I, I, I could see people picking the Michigan Wolverines. I could see people picking Ohio State. But talk about the new offensive coordinator there in Ann Arbor, Josh Gaddis. He takes over. He's calling plays now. Jim Harbaugh will not call plays what will this do? Uh, what will the offense look like? You, you talked about it a little bit, spreading it out. And then Shea Patterson, how does this uh, fit his strengths as the uh, quarterback there in Ann Arbor? Yeah, you know, Josh Gaddis uh, was uh, was on Penn State staff under James Franklin. And at a time when the Penn State offense was really getting rejuvenated, Alabama plucked him away. And, uh, you know, he got a, he got a dip of uh, that kind of a caliber program and trying to mix in a couple of new offensive tweaks there for the Crimson Tide. And now going to Michigan, I think, he, you know, I'm not going to say he's got his work cut out for him, but there's um, there's a lot of expectation that giving him the chance to call plays and open things up, maybe go up tempo a little bit more, uh, is going to be the big difference maker. So he has a lot of pressure on him to succeed doing that. My only question is whether or not, aside from Shea Patterson, are the rest of the players that are going to best utilize that kind of offensive system, are they there right now? Um, they probably are, right. but it could be – could take a little bit of time to just really get a job. So maybe it won't start off all that great uh, in a couple of moments here, but I think as the season progresses, there's a lot of potential there. And, you know, having Shea Patterson, a guy that is comfortable in that kind of a style offense from his time at Ole Miss and 
really just what he can do. I, I think that'll benefit him well as the season goes along. All right, let's talk Ohio State. Uh, besides losing Urban Meyer and, and Dwayne Haskins at quarterback, uh, what do they look like to you this year, the first year under Ryan Day, as you talked about? And Ryan Day is, is an in-house hire. He was the interim coach last year when Urban Meyer was suspended for the first three uh, games of the season. So it's nothing new for the players that are in that system with Ryan Day it's still there. But what type of adjustment do you think there will be there with Justin Fields now, the transfer from Georgia I get, has he been named starter? I mean, we all expect him to start, right? I mean, everyone else transferred out of there, so it seems like yeah. he's going to start. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say that there's a 99% chance he's going to start. <laughs> and I know Ryan Day said the thing that coaches like to say at media day is, you know, just today. He's saying that he's not he's not naming Justin Field the starter, so he's going to <laughs> suggest that there's an open competition. But you know that's just something that you have to say to right. motivate uh, Justin Field and, and the rest of the players. You're kind of sending a message, first, especially for our first year head coach. I know he was an interim coach a couple games last year, but you know this is his program now, so he has to set that tone. And we even saw Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma say the same thing. So this is just something that coaches say. Justin Field's going to be your quarterback in, in uh, at Ohio State this year. There's no doubt in my mind. So. I'm very curious to see how this is going to play out. But, you know, offensively, I think this might be a year where they probably rely on the run a little bit more, at least early on, and just kind of take the pressure off of Fields taking over as the quarterback because they've got a really good running back in K.J. Hill. So I don't see any reason why they should shy away from using him as much as possible. Interesting. Is Dobbins still there as well? Is Dobbins still a running back there? I know well, Mike Weber graduated, right? I think- I, I- <laughs> I, I I met J.K. Dobbins. I'm yeah. sorry about that. I, I, that's, that's I wasn't exactly sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, slip of the tongue. No, he's the good. Tongue. He's great. I mean, Ohio State's they, they always have tailbacks. It seems. I mean, they always run out these guys yeah. and uh, Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, uh, Curtis Samuel, if you will. But of course, Mike Weber. And then going back to Carlos Hyde had a great mm-hmm. year. His his last year in um, Columbus. And uh, we could go back and forth with, with that with Eddie George and going back to the day. But yeah, they always seem to have. Good tailbacks there in, in uh, Columbus. How about uh, what else? Uh, um, surpri- anything surprise you from Big Ten Media Days? Um, uh, in the East, uh, Michigan State, Penn State, anything to uh, tell the, the fans out there uh, about their uh, teams? You know what? Not too much. I, you know, I think Penn yeah. State's pretty interesting because, uh, you know, all of us talk about Michigan and Ohio State. I still think Penn State's got some chances to, to be pretty good, but there's so much uh, that's different about this program because now uh, you know, Trace McSorley's no longer the quarterback, so they've got a new quarterback situation going on. Uh, they've got a new running back situation after losing Miles Sanders, but they, ha- they still have some good, talented players that James Franklin has recruited last couple years, so I would look to them to be kind of a wild card. <laughs> I'm not saying that they can win the division, but it wouldn't necessarily shock me if they get a couple breaks to go the other way. Michigan State, I think, is in the same boat. You know, Michigan State is always going to be kind of difficult for somebody as long as they stay healthy. I think Michigan State will be just fine. Again, I just don't know if either of those teams are going to be able to top Michigan or Ohio State over the course of the season in the standings. Uh, nice uh, sleepers there. You have uh, Penn State 12-1 to to win the division and Michigan State 20-1. to oh, They're a long shot to, to win the Big Ten this season. Uh, I, as I said, uh, Nebraska, I opened up with Nebraska's second year with Scott Frost there in Lincoln. Adrian Martinez, his, his now sophomore quarterback there. They're picked to, to win the West. This is according to you know, Cleveland.com. There's no official poll, right? There's no official right. preseason to, poll. But um, the, you know, people picked them to, to win the West over Iowa and Wisconsin and Northwestern. Did, did they get it right there? Do you think there's too much uh, expectations on Scott Frost and, and uh, the uh, Cornhuskers? It might be jumping a little bit ahead of schedule for where Nebraska's probably going to end up being under Scott Frost. 
But this is one of those years where I just look at that entire Big Ten West and, you know, you got seven teams there. I can see scenarios in which six of those teams can win the division. You know, every team's got something that's uh, playing in their favor, something that holds them back. You know, I still think Iowa is actually the most well-rounded team. But I look at their schedule, and it's brutal because of the road schedule that they have. Uh, They play three key division games, including Nebraska, all on the road. They have to go to Michigan. They get Penn State at home. You know, Wisconsin's going to draw Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State in the crossover games. So their schedule doesn't really throw them too many uh, softballs. So, you know, every team has some pluses and minuses. Nebraska's going to be pretty fun because it looks like they did kind of find their identity a little bit more, especially offensively, as the season went along and you know, as Adrian Martinez got a little bit more comfortable and now coming into a sophomore year. I think that's going to benefit them very well. So I think Nebraska's got the playmaking quarterback that can make a big difference in some key games at some point in the third season. And Nebraska was better than their 4-8 record last year. It was just ridiculous how many penalties they committed under Scott Frost and how yeah. undisciplined they were. And, and we'll correct that. you got to think. Those are things that good coaches will crack right. down on. Uh, so there, there's, there's definitely a room for improvement you know, with, with discipline, especially defense. And those are the things that, you know, Nebraska, I don't know if it's all going to come together this year in all those areas, but I think we'll start to see some signs of progress for sure. And they have a favorable schedule as well. They, they play Ohio State, but it's at home. They don't play Michigan this year. Right. And like you mentioned, they play Nebraska. They play Iowa at home as well. So, and, and Wisconsin. So they, they have a very favorable schedule. Right. And they don't play Penn State. So I, I kind of like uh, Nebraska a lot there, uh, Kevin. Um <laughs> In the West, especially. Uh, Want to talk SEC real quick. I only have about two minutes here, Kevin. But can sure. anyone beat Alabama in the SEC? Alabama can be beaten. It's just a matter of whether or not they can be dethroned. That's the thing. I mean, Alabama could lose a game during the regular season. Uh, they could lose to Georgia in an SEC title right. game. But how many times does Alabama have to lose to knock them out of the playoff picture? I think that's really what... Alabama yeah. we're talking about, you know, what could, what's going to force them to be out of the playoff mix? Because if Alabama is in the playoff mix, uh, it's going to be dangerous for somebody, uh, maybe even Clemson. But I, I think that Alabama has to lose twice during the regular season. I don't think that that's going to happen. So no, I, I think Alabama's got another shot to the playoff there uh, looking their way. I was looking at their schedule, and I guess LSU's potential, uh, you know, it's always a, a, a key game. Auburn. Uh, where I don't I don't see the losses I don't see two losses on that schedule I, I just don't see it I mean those teams they could lose Texas A and M might be a team to keep an eye okay. on just to see if they can throw a scare but you know I still think Texas A and M is going to uh, improve I just again if we thought that Alabama might have a good contest against the Aggies or LSU the last couple of years how many times has that gone heavily in Alabama's favor uh, I don't think that that's going to change anytime too soon in twenty seconds uh, Kevin real quick uh, Georgia LSU Texas A and M how do you rank them as far as in the SEC? Alabama one, let's say, and then who's two, who's three, who's yep. four? We only have about 20 seconds, though. I, I go Georgia as clearly a number two. And after that, I actually am going to go with A&M ahead of LSU, but it's darn close for three and four. All right, excellent. That's all the time we have. I wish we had more time, Kevin McGuire. Uh, thanks for the time. It's always fun talking college football. It's almost here. It is. Thank you so much for having me. All right, there he is, Kevin McGuire. Read his stuff, college football talk on NBCSports.com. Does a great job covering one of the greatest sports in America. We'll be back. A lot more to do right after this on At the Window on the Fantasy Sports Network. 
from the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Great tune here. Welcome back here to At the Window on the Fantasy Sports Network. I am Sean Guastamacchia. Spoke with Kevin McGuire just a few minutes ago here, college football. Nebraska. Listen, if you want to make some money on a, on a sleeper team, Nebraska in the Big Ten. Scott Frost, first year at UCF, 6-7. and seven. Second year, 13-0. I'm not going to call them national champions as much as they want to be called national champions. They call themselves national champions for, for going 13-0 and 0, um, in 2017, the Golden Knights of Central Florida. First year at Nebraska, 4-8. and eight. What will he do in year two? Look, they're going to be greatly improved. Uh, they're not as bad as the 4-8 and eight record I talked about. They started 0-6 last year. Um, just so many penalties, just uncharacteristic of great coaches. And I think Scott Frost is a great coach. But the favorable schedule, and we talked about it, we touched on it a little bit with Kevin there. They just got a favorable schedule. They don't play Michigan. They don't play Penn State. They get Ohio State at home, Wisconsin at home, Iowa at home. Those are their toughest opponents. They don't really have a, a tough non-conference schedule. They don't play any tough teams in the non-conference. So Nebraska is, is one of those teams you can make some money on right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Um, right now they're at plus 1,600. 16 to 1 to 1. Now, are they better than Michigan? No. I I don't think they're going to beat Michigan. I, I if they if they play in the Big 10 championship game, I'd favor Michigan. But you have a puncher's chance. You have a puncher's chance if they win the West and then they get there, right? Just have to win the West. Uh I, one of these schools have to win the West, ready? Wisconsin's plus 900. I I'm not I'm not sold on Wisconsin, but they're always going to be a strong competitive team with that system. You have great offensive linemen, run run the football, and rely on, on a, a defense that always overachieves, seemingly over overachieves. So they'll be there, Wisconsin. They'll be in the mix. I like Nebraska over over Wisconsin this year, though. Iowa, 20 to 1, also good value there as well. So if you like Nathan Stanley, you believe in Kurt Ferentz there in Iowa City, go for it. Uh, that's another good bet. 20 to 1. That, that, that's some good money right there. You never know. I mean, Ohio State, they're the favorites, plus 110. I like Michigan this year. I always say it, but I like Michigan this year to win the Big Ten. They're plus 250. Not great value there, but if you want a sleeper, Nebraska, 16-1. to Iowa, 20-1. to uh, Dark Horse, I mean, Purdue, 50-1. to I can't see. Wow, that's, that's interesting. Purdue, Brom back there coaching for the Boilermakers in West Lafayette. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how that goes, but I uh, just put a bow on that a little bit. Um, baseball. Uh, let's get the baseball. No more Syndergaard trade rumors with the New York Mets. Uh, Yankees are in on him, uh, as uh, other teams as well. It's going to take a lot, as the New York Post reported. An arm and two legs. They're joking, of course, but they they reported it's going to take a lot for the Mets to trade him. He has two more years of arbitration eligibility after this season, so he's controlled for two more years. No more Syndergaard. Established pitcher, 26, going to be 27 years old. 
you could see why it's going to take a lot to get him back. Now, of course, the Yankees will be in on him. How much do you give up? But if you're the Mets, the guy they should, if you're trading Syndergaard, you got to trade DeGrom too. You got to trade Jacob DeGrom too. You're rebuilding. It's a fire sale. Start from scratch, right? Can't rid yourself of the Robinson Cano contract. Um, he's going to be there for another four years in Flushing, Queens. So you, they're going to have that con- enormous contract there. But they're going to start from scratch, build around Pete Alonzo and, and Jeff McNeil. So Todd Frazier's going to go, and then anyone else for that matter who has value is going to get traded. DeGrom should be on that list as well. I don't, I, I read a lot of reports and a lot of writers here in New York and commentators here in New York that Alonzo and DeGrom should be the only untouchables. No. Alonzo and McNeil should be the only untouchables. And even McNeil, he's 27 years old already. Um, but he's controlled for a lot, four or five more years, his second year. So you keep him. He's cheap. So you're not trading Jeff McNeil. He's leading the league in batting. So no, he's not going anywhere. But everyone else is up, up for grabs. And DeGrom should be up for grabs too. I know he signed a new deal, a big deal. He's 31 years old. That's the problem. If you're the Mets, 31 years old, you're going to rebuild, tear it down, and build around Elon, uh, Alonzo, Pete Alonzo. It's going to take you two, three years to get back there. Then DeGrom's 34. Wouldn't it be better to get... You're going to get a lot for DeGrom. He's your best pitcher. You'll And, and rebuild, get as many chips as possible, and start over in Flushing, Queens. But you need that marquee star. You have him in Pete Alonzo. So I'm not too sold on why. And uh, they are making Jacob DeGrom not available. He should be available. Trade him um, there in Flushing, Queens. Marcus Stroman, another Blue Jays pitcher. He's out there. Madison Bumgarner, the San Francisco Giants. Although the San Francisco Giants playing great baseball right now. I'm not too sure. Bruce Bochy's last year there in San Francisco. They're in it. They're in wild card contention. Will that um, hurt the chances of them trading Madison Bumgarner? I think he's still going to get traded there. Um, but it would be nice if he stayed there. And they made a run there with uh, Bruce Bochy's last season. One of the last, like, old-school managers in baseball left. You have all these puppets now, Gabe Kapler, these, like, new-age analytical um, coaches. You have uh, Aaron Boone. You have uh, uh, Mickey Calloway. You know, he's not calling the shots there in Flushing, Queens, Mickey Calloway. You have all these, these managers that are not calling the shots. Dave Martinez in Washington. Um, Bruce Bochy, one of the old-school guys. He coaches and manages by his gut. And he's done a great job. Three World Series championships. It's going to be sad to see him go. I mean, gone are the days of the Tony La Russa's. Even the Joe Girardi's. I mean, he can't get a job. How is Joe Girardi not a manager in Major League Baseball right now? World Series champion. Yeah, I, I know uh, he had that run-in with uh, the Florida Marlins owner his first year managing. And I kind of told him off. And that's why he was let go. And didn't see eye-to-eye with Brian Cashman in New York. Did have a great uh, run here in New York. Did win a World Series. Um, why isn't he getting more looks? I know we want them to take a year off and, and, and what have you, but it's been two years now. He should be a manager in baseball by next season. I'd be really surprised if he's not. And if he's not, it just tells you a lot about these general managers. They want to call the shots. They don't want a strong-minded and uh, you know manager there in the dugout. And, and that's where baseball's going. It's, it's all about the book and... That's what they, hey, Kevin Cash is, he's doing wonders there in Tampa with the book. Had four outfielders uh, the other day uh, playing a shift against the Yankees. Uh, it's like a softball uh, 
team out there uh, with four outfielders. And, of course, we know what he's done with the opener. Uh, revolutionized baseball to a degree with the opener um, doing that consistently starting last year. So it certainly works. I'm not going to tell you it doesn't. But um, it's going to be interesting to see if, if – and the Yankees, would they do business with the Mets and would the Mets do business with the Yankees? Is it really – Zach Wheeler is another guy that's on the trade block for the Mets – the Yankees really uh, going to uh, trade with the Mets? I don't know if that's possible. I don't know. But if they offer the best prospects, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. If the Yankees have, and they have a deep farm system, if the Yankees offer the best package to the Mets, make the deal. you got to make the, the deal. Um, so it will be interesting to see how that plays out. Christian Yelich, another home game last night, and oh well, another home run. Uh, right, pencil it in. Uh, he plays a home game. Yelich, count on him hitting a home run. Ridiculous splits as I went over yesterday. Um, right now, uh, some early uh, afternoon baseball. Rays, 2-0 lead. Aforementioned Rays on the New York Yankees, bottom half of the first inning as they jump all over Herman there in the first inning uh, do the Rays. Austin Meadows, another home run. I mean, this kid. And Frank Stanfield was on him early in spring training. Breakout star. He struggled a little bit. He's come down to earth. But still, 15 home runs, 531 slugging. Oh, just a, a great pickup if you drafted him. If you drafted Austin Meadows, sleeper there, doing great. And uh, DJ LeMayu, another hit. Guys, just, he's a machine. He's, he's an absolute machine. Wanted to talk about the Philadelphia Phillies and Bryce Harper. He had that game-winning double um, off of, of Jansen a couple of days ago, and uh, he's driving in runs. And today, drove in another two runs. So now he's up to 258. And he has a 478 slugging, 373 um, on base percentage. I guess this is the, the Bryce Harper. This is the guy who, who he, this is who he is. He's not the 2015 Bryce Harper. He's not that 330 batting average, that 1100 OPS, ridiculous OPS that he had when he won the MVP for the Washington Nationals. This is the Harper. And you know what? It's better than the Harper the first half of last season when he was batting around 200. So you'll take it, but he's not the revolutionized, the revolutionary player, the you know the the generational talent. That's Mike Trout. There was a debate at one time, Mike Trout or Bryce Harper. Not anymore. Um, Bryce Harper, too. You know, it's just ah, I expected a lot more from Bryce Harper um, this year in uh, Philadelphia. It's still early. He does have 17 home runs. He's driving in in runs, but just not the player that I thought. Manny Machado not really doing much of anything there for the San Diego Padres. But, you know, it's more of a pitcher's uh, park. It's to be understood. Mentioned Baker Mayfield, and I want to mention him again. Yesterday, got on him a little bit for his uh, ESPN um, cover story or his his interview in which he says a lot of things, Hugh Jackson and what have you. Uh, Rep the the Giant fans. Odell Beckham's going to play in front of real fans this season. In Cleveland, I mean, guy continues continues to make friends, if you will. Uh, should be interesting. He's going to be public enemy number one. He likes it. Guy has a chip on his shoulder. I like the attitude. I think he goes too far, and and what have you. But he backs it up. Twenty seven and fourteen, and we all know what he did at Oklahoma. Won the Heisman, right? Number one overall pick. Guy backs it up on the field, and this year, enormous pressure on him. In Cleveland, nine and a half is the win total for FanDuel Sportsbook. We talked about it at length. Uh, they are favored to win the AFC North over the Steelers. That's how much hype 
is going on there with the Cleveland Browns. Doesn't do himself any favors with his mouth. And you know there's a lot of people waiting for him to fail, right? You always have those those players you just root against. Like A-Rod back in the early 2000s when he went to Texas and went for the money there. Uh, he was somebody everyone hated and loved to root against. Um, always have Barry Bonds for a number of years as a guy that people rooted against, unless you were a San Francisco Giant fan, of course. There's always those guys out there. And certainly... Baker Mayfield is one of those guys where people, you either love him or you hate him. Should be a lot of fun uh, to watch that uh, this season and as we as we move along there with uh, Baker Mayfield and, and, and the Cleveland Browns. Another football note, Joe Flacco, Denver Broncos. He's now off of the Baltimore Ravens. He's he has he has escaped John Harbaugh and uh, Morningweg there in Baltimore, and I kind of think it's for the best. It's for the best. I, I look, he's much maligned. He was, he is a Super Bowl champion. Can't take that away from him. He had a great run there with the uh, Baltimore Ravens, beating the Forty ers in the Super Bowl back what twenty twelve. Now it's a long time ago. Now looking back, but he says he said today I got a lot left in the tank, and John Elway is kind of. It's not banking his career. He's won a Super Bowl. John Elway's Hall of Famer. His legacy is legit. It's it's there's no concern there with his legacy. But quarterbacks, you got to get it right. You know he's kind of uh, Lynch didn't get it right with Lynch there in Paxton Lynch there in Denver first round pick. He's flamed out. Case Keenum didn't work out last year. He uh, Osweiler, he did offer Osweiler a, a contract that he did ultimately go to Texans and, and flame out there. But um, there, there is um, a lot of pressure now. And I, I shouldn't say a lot of pressure, but there's some pressure on Elway with the quarterback there with Joe Flacco to get it right, to play well there in Denver. So I, I, I can't wait, and I'll preview the uh, Denver Broncos. But I don't want to say I'm bullish on Flacco, but I do think he... He'll do better than what people expect. Whether that is making the Pro Bowl and being a Pro Bowl quarterback, I don't know. But he'll do better than what people expect because I think he was held back by Harbaugh and Morningwag in Baltimore. That'll do it here for uh, one more segment, actually. I'll do it for this segment here on At The Window on the Fantasy Sports Network. We'll wrap it up next. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. I guess they never changed the music around here. And, uh, um, back here on At The Window on the Fantasy Sports Network. Open championship so much for Rory McIlroy, right? Favorite, Northern Ireland, the uh, his homeland. Plus 900, 9-1. Joe Ranieri, you could hear him all day. He's, he's always hosting here on the Fantasy Sports Network. Always following this to a T. Said you could have had him for 8-1. to one. Favorite going in to the Open Championship. Well, so much for that. He bombed out today there in the round one. Eight over. Eight over. Quadruple bogey to start the uh, 
tournament for Rory McIlroy, so he is he's done. Mickelson, Phil Mickelson, so much for his diet. Uh, five over, 76, he's finished for at least, I think, this tournament. Tiger Woods, uh, he didn't fare well today. Shot a 78 in the first round. Wow, uh, tough, tough. J.B. Holmes is your leader, okay? He's the leader after one round there at the Open Championship. Port Rush, Northern Ireland. Shane Lowry, the uh, Irishman, uh, four under. He's one stroke behind J.B. Holmes. Brooks Kepka, I mean, this guy is just big-time tournaments. You heard it yesterday when he had my golf guest on. Uh, always plays well. He's just two strokes behind. He's three under after one round. So you got to like his um, ability in especially these big-time events. And he's the favorite now on FanDuel Sportsbook um, to win the Open Championship. We'll see how it goes there. Uh, windy, rainy, it's cold. It's, it's, it's always an adventure um, there for the Open Championship. And it's always it's the forgotten Major, uh, it doesn't get a lot of run here in, in, in the States as far as the other three are concerned, right? Because it's on in the wee hours of the morning, and uh, um, so a lot of people don't give it a lot of the attention that it deserves. But Brooks Kepka now plus 450, plus 450 to win the Open Championship. John Rahm is plus 600, 6 to 1. Tommy Fleetwood is 11 to 1. Justin Rose, 14 to 1. Shane Lowry, just one stroke behind, he is. 14 to 1 right now. Should be interesting. Should be a lot of fun. Gabe Morenzi, Cam Stewart, they're up next. They will have a lot on the Open Championship, I'm sure. Cam Stewart's all over the stuff. We'll give you some sleepers, too. That's next here on the Fantasy Sports Network. That'll do it for At the Window. I am Sean Guasamacchia. See you later.